Now we're going to start in Genesis 42. Uh, if you've got questions, just write them down. We'll, we'll go through and, and talk about it afterwards. Um, may I share my screen? And we'll start from here. And I'll read a little bit and I'll... So Genesis 42, verse 1. When Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, Why do you look at one another? And he said, Indeed, I have heard there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there, that we may live and not die. So if you'll remember, Jacob, who had been renamed Israel um, by God because he wrestled with him in the desert, um, is living in Canaan right now, over toward Israel. And we've just been going through the whole story that uh, Pharaoh had a dream, or two dreams, about seven fat cows getting eaten by seven skinny cows, and God gave Joseph the, the trend, the interpretation, and placed Joseph exactly where he needed to be to give that interpretation through prison, through slavery. And, and they knew that seven years of famine was going to come after seven years of plenty. And so here, the, the famine is so great that it's not just in Egypt, it's over here in, in Israel, Canaan area. And so they're running out of food, and they, they hear that Egypt has food because God gave J Joseph wisdom, and they'd been storing up grain for the last seven years when they had plenty. And there was so much grain that they were selling to other nations. And here... They're hungry and they, they need grain and they're looking at each other, these brothers. And if you'll remember, these ten brothers sold their brother Joseph into slavery. They put it in, into the hands of some Ishmaelites that were on their way to Egypt. And, and possibly they're looking at each other thinking, oh no, we've got to go to that place. What if we see our brother who we sold into slavery? What if, what if we have to run into him or deal with him? We don't know why they're looking at each other, but... There's something about going to Egypt that they they don't particularly want to do. Hmm. But they're going to be obedient to their father because that's what they should do. Verse 3. So Joseph's ten brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers. For he said, Least some calamity befall him. And the sons of Israel went to buy grain among those who journeyed. For the famine was in the land of Canaan. Now Joseph was governor over the land, and it was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. Then he said to them, Where do you come from? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Then Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed about them and said to them, You are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. I'm going to pause there real quick. So if you remember a few chapters ago, Joseph had two dreams when he was 17 years old. This was like 20, 21 years ago where uh, they were in the field and Joseph's stock raised up and his brother's stocks raised up and they bowed to his stock. And Joseph told this dream to his brothers and they hated him for it. They thought, we're going to bow to you. Who do you think you are? You're, you're runt. You're, he's, you know, the young, 
young brother that's <laughs> trying to go around with the big older brothers. And they, they despised him for that. But here we have that dream coming true that, that God had prepared and sent to Joseph 21 years ago that this would happen. It's so interesting. We also see that favoritism. So so Jacob's favorite wife was Rachel. and She bore him two sons, Joseph and Benjamin. And where Joseph was sold in slavery and his brothers told them, told his father that he had possibly died by being slain by a beast. Benjamin became the favorite brother or favorite son and and Jacob is is not wanting to let Benjamin go because he's scared. He's he's being ruled by fear and worry about what might happen to his brother. And we see in this whole chapter that that Jacob is being called Jacob, even though God has come to him twice to tell him to be called Israel. So there's this this idea that he's being called Jacob because he's not following God. He's not trusting God. Hmm. It's an interesting thing to follow along because he gets switched back and forth. But here, the brothers are called sons of Israel. They're, they're, they're being obedient to their father. They're going to do it. And, and they're using Israel's name. I, and it's kind of... I don't know, difficult for me to understand like why Israel here and why Jacob there, but but we'll see by the end of this chapter that Jacob is is not walking with the Lord. He's not trusting in the Lord. He's he he's he's bound up in fear and worry. And here these men, these sons, are going um, to obey their father, and that's the only reason I can f- figure that he's being called Israel right there. And so they come down, and Joseph, their brother, who is now the the second command of all of Egypt, he's he's only below Pharaoh, and he recognizes his brothers, and they don't recognize him because it's been 21 years since he went into slavery, since he um, went into prison, and seven, eight years since uh, the famine was on the land, and he's been raised up as second command, and he's probably looks like an Egyptian to them because they don't recognize him at all. And so he remembers them very very clearly what they did to him and so he's gonna he's gonna do some things to these these brothers that literally were going to kill him but instead sold him into slavery all right verse 10 and they said to him no my lord but your servants have come to buy food we are all one man's son we are honest men your servants are not spies but he said to them no but you have come to see the nakedness of the land and they said, Your servants are twelve brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And in fact, the youngest is with our father today, and one is no more. But Joseph said to them, It is as I spoke to you, saying, You are spies. In this manner you shall be tested. By the life of Pharaoh you shall not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you, and let him bring your brother, and you shall be kept in prison, that your words may be tested to see whether there is any truth in you, or else, by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. So he put them all together in prison three days. Then Joseph said to them the third day, Do this and live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house. But you go and carry grain for the famine of your houses, and bring your youngest brother to me, so your words will be verified, and you shall not die. And they did so. Then they said to one another, We are truly guilty concerning our brother. 
For we have saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear. Therefore this distress has come upon us. And Reuben answered him, saying, Did I not speak to you, saying, Do not sin against the boy? And you would not listen. Therefore, behold, his blood is now required of us. But they did not know that Joseph understood them, for he spoke to them through an interpreter. And he turned himself away from them and wept. Then he returned to them again and talked to them. And he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. Now here's a, a real interesting thing. So he's, we have... Uh, Joseph kind of testing these brothers to see if they've changed, to see if they've they've turned from their wicked ways. He's he's going to test them, and he puts them in prison for three days. That's nothing compared to the prison sentence that Joseph himself had to endure. And and while he's talking there, or while the the brothers are talking there after this, saying, you know, if you go back and get your your one little brother to verify your words they start speaking in, in hebrew to each other that the egyptian supposedly couldn't understand but he understood and and we i didn't bring it out then but i want to bring it out now that when they put joseph in that hole in the ground he was pleading for his life he had been stripped of his coat of many colors or his long coat as translations go and and he'd been put into this hole and he'd heard what his brothers were saying about killing him and and what anguish, what fear he must have had crying out. Because when someone's afraid for their life, when someone gets taken by force and put into a hole, like they there's so much distress and pleading and and, and just fear that they ignored that these these ten well nine brothers, because Reuben wasn't there or wasn't present. And Benjamin wasn't there. But they put him in the hole with wanting to kill him, wanting to get rid of him. And Reuben, who was the one that said, oh, I'll, I'll, well, don't kill him, put him in the hole, and I'll come back and get him later. Reuben had, had been plotting that, that you know, let's, let's not leave him in the hole, I'll get him out later. And he apparently had wandered off, and his brothers had pulled him up and sold him to these Ishmaelites that brought him down to Egypt. And we see 20, 20 21 years later that this guilt of something they had done a long time ago is the first thing that comes to their mind. They hadn't gotten past it. The the wounds the hadn't healed. The, they're still worried about this, this sin that they had done so long ago. And it's the first thing that's on their minds. It's the first things that they're talking about. They see that the, they've caused trouble and, they're, and the trouble's coming back on them. And we see that change of heart. We see that they are now more repentant about what they've done that they that's 21 years have changed them and so we too as we change as we we walk with the lord we see that forgiveness that the lord has given us sometimes we have to go back into our past because we have sinned against other people before we came to christ and after we came to christ and sometimes we need to go back and apologize for things we've done in the past because that that sin, that transgressions, they don't go away. They don't get better. Sometimes the Lord wants us to go back and, and ask people for forgiveness. Whether they believe in God, whether they forgive you or not, that's not the point. The point is God's going to ask us to, to go seek that forgiveness out. And we need to turn from our, our pride and from our, oh, that was so long ago, it doesn't matter anymore. But, but it does. God says we should go seek that forgiveness. 
And so if the Lord asks you to go, go back, then go back and seek that forgiveness. And they took Simeon. Simeon uh, will later on in chapter 49 be, be one that's one of the hardest brothers of them all. He is, he's unforgiving and he's unkind. So that's the one that uh, Joseph keeps in prison. Hmm. Now, verse 25. Then Joseph gave a command to fill their sacks with grain, to restore every man's money to his sack, and to give them provisions for the journey. Thus he did for them. So they loaded their donkeys with grain and departed from there. But as one of them opened a sack to give his donkey feed at the encampment, he saw his money, and there it was in the mouth of the sack. So he said to his brothers, My money has been restored, and there it is in my sack. Then their hearts failed them, and they were afraid, saying to one another, What is this that God has done to us? Then they went to Jacob, their father, in the land of Canaan, and told them all that had happened to them. The man who is Lord in that land spoke roughly to us and took us for spies of the country. But we said to them, We are honest men, we are not spies. We are twelve brothers, sons of our father. One is no more, and the youngest is with our father this day in the land of Canaan. Then the man, the Lord of the country, said to us, By this I will know that you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers here with me and take food for, for the famine of your household and be gone and bring your youngest brother to me so i shall know that you are not spies but that you are honest men i will grant your brother to you and you may trade in the land then it happened as they emptied their sacks that surprisingly each man's bundle of money was in their his sack and when they had their they, and their father saw their bundles of money they were afraid and jacob their father said to them you have bereaved me joseph is no more simeon is no more and you want to take benjamin all these things are against me then reuben spoke to his father saying kill my two sons if i do not bring him back to you but put in my hands Put him in my hands, and I will bring him back to you. But he said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is left alone. If any calamity should befall him along the way in which you go, then you will should you would bring down my gray hair with sorrow to the grave. So here we they, the brothers are coming back, they get their food, they've left their brother in prison, Simeon, which we'll come back to next week as he's still there and they haven't returned to go get him. And one of them goes and gets some food for their donkey, and there's his money. And it's not just any money. It's not like uh, we have a, a wad of dollar bills or, or senen. Like it's it. They, they don't have any minted money at this point in time. Like it would have been like silver rings or gold bracelets or it's very identifiable money that they would have seen that as being theirs. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't. Oh, this could be anyone's money. It was their own money. And so what that means, what that what they obviously understand is that they're afraid, is that the punishment for stealing is either as low as as minimum of a punishment is is you have to pay two or three times back, all the way up to a hundred lashes and being stabbed in the back five times, and then also up to death. It just depends on on the situation and, and so they were not stealing just from another person. We're you know, you steal from me, I can't really do a whole lot against you, but they're stealing basically from Pharaoh at this point in time, is, is their understanding. Because anyone that needs to do anything to buy any grain in the land has to go to Joseph. And so it's basically stealing from the local god of the land, and so the punishment would be much greater. And so they were afraid to return for several reasons, but also because it would look like that they stole their money back, as well as getting grain from their from them so that's that's why they're so afraid that it's not just stealing from one to another they're stealing from the government as it were they're stealing from pharaoh 
And so it's it's a dangerous thing. And we'll see that they're going to try to bring that money plus a little bit more back with them to say, oh, we're sorry for, for it. We have no idea how that money got into our bags. But, but here, we, we want to pay. We want to treat honestly with you. Because they are honest men at this point in time. They are. And so this is Joseph's way of testing them. Are, are they really changed? Has their heart really changed? Because it's important. And, yeah, so we have these these phrases by Jacob. And we see Jacob is, is so worried and so concerned about uh, keeping Benjamin safe that he's he is only acting on partial information. You bereave me, Joseph's no more, Simeon is no more, and you want to take Benjamin? All these things are against me. Now, if, if he really knew what was going on, he wouldn't say those things. He's acting and he's responding to a partial truth. That he would be rejoicing to know that his son Joseph is still alive. That Simeon is going to be restored to him and that everything is going to be safe. But he's not acting on, on, on faith and on trust. He's acting on fear. He's more worried about keeping his son safe than he is about the Lord at this point in time. Which is again why he's being called Jacob. And so we have this fear that he has. And here's the silly thing that Reuben says, kill my two sons if I don't bring them back to you. So, you know, in that same day that you're depraved of, of your favorite son, kill two of your grandchildren. You know, that, that'll make things better. Like, we're we're so rash in our responding to people, and we're so... It doesn't make any sense sometimes when we, we walk in this world and we respond to how things... When things go wrong, we, we, we make strange promises and vows. But yeah, we see him just, Jacob is just so worried about losing his other son. He's he's not thinking right. And if he really knew what God had already done and is doing, he would praise the Lord. But he's acting on partial information. And so in 1 John four eighteen and 19, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. And so there's this this idea that we have that uh, perfect love casts out fear. So as we love the Lord, as we trust in the Lord, we don't have any cause or reason to fear. But we see Jacob is fearing that he's being tormented. Being tormented because his, his favorite son is dead and he's worried about his other one. But we see that Jacob is not trusting in the Lord. He's trusting in himself, and he he doesn't have control over the situation. The schemer that that has done so many things in the past and not trust in the Lord is is going back to his old way, his old habits of of trusting in himself. And for us today, we we don't need to trust in ourselves. We need to trust in the Lord because, as we can see from a couple chapters later, that that his favorite son will be restored to him and more than restored to him he's the second command of egypt and he's going to provide food for his entire family so that they can get through the the famine no problem and with this partial information jacob has he has fear but if he would trust in the lord if we would trust in the lord we don't have to worry about fear or shame but we can know that the lord is working all things together for our good even though we don't see it right now in whatever difficult situation we have, but even though we don't uh, comprehend how we're going to get through this difficult or hard time, we can 
trust that the Lord is going to come through for our good. Now, what we think is good and what the Lord thinks is good is sometimes two different things. And uh, Romans 8.31 through, we'll just go through 39. Yeah, we're right. Uh, what then shall we say these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can, you know, who, who do you have to be worried about? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, is that riches? Is that money? Is that comfort? What is that love? What is that? Let's keep reading. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? If it, it is God who justifies, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? So here's this thing about God and about yeah, yeah, yeah. about what, what would separate us from God's love. And it's nothing that can happen to us physically. Tribulation or distress. Okay, cool. Persecution. All right, that's going to happen. Famine like they're experiencing here in Egypt or nakedness or peril or sword. Like this... God giving us freely all things is not comfort. It's not food. It's not safety. These things that we are given freely by God is is our salvation and our relationship back with God. That we get to spend eternity with Him. We get to have that hope of what will come next. And nothing in this world is going to be able to separate us from that love. And the, there are these prosperity gospel preachers that are going to tell you that, oh, no, everything's going to be fine. You give enough money to the church, and you're going to have comfort. You'll have Lamborghinis. You'll have whatever it is. You won't have persecution. But but here we see the persecution will come. Verse 36 has written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So there will be hard times. There will be tribulation. There will be, was it 14 years, 13 years of slavery and prison that Joseph went through. It doesn't separate from God's love. We're going to lose jobs. We're going to lose loved ones. We're going to lose our countries. We're going to lose all sorts of things in this world. But that doesn't separate us from God's love. Indeed, what our response should be is to grow closer to the Lord, not further apart from the Lord. Because we trust that He knows what's good for us, even though in the midst of it we don't see it. Sometimes it'll be restored to us, like back in Genesis uh, 42 Joseph is still alive he will be restored to his father and his family but at for 21 years he doesn't see that happening he doesn't see um, how that will work out for the good he thinks his son is then gone and so we need to trust we need to to rely on the Lord in all ways and all things because he is working it out for our good even if we don't see it and understand it right now we can see his past performance God's and see that he will work it out. And so we can just trust in him. And we can just rely on him. And we don't no longer need to be um, moved by fear. Moved by worry. Moved by uh, this sorrow that we have. We can have joy that the Lord is going to work it out. Because he says he will. And we are more than conquerors because 
we don't have to worry about death anymore. That's like the worst thing that can happen to us in this world. And we don't have to worry about that because the Lord has conquered even death. And so this, this week I want you to remember that if you feel fear, you're not trusting in the Lord. You're not relying on the Lord. You're, you've given away your, your control and your ability to do things clearly because you're, you're more worried about the current temporary situation. Look to God. Look to eternity. Look to what good he has done in the past. And, and he will come through. He will work it together for your good. Sometimes we just have to think about things as different. Because what I think is good and what God thinks is good are two different things. But I know through experience, through walking with him for a long time, that his good is much better for me than what I think is good for myself. What I think is comfortable or pleasant or whatever else I get confused at what I think I want and what I pray for. So this week, just remember what the Lord is, is doing in your life and trust in him. Trust that he knows what he's doing and and be content with what he has provided and what where you are. Lord God, thank you for this morning that you've given us. Thank you for the time that we get to dig into your word and, and see how other flawed, sinful human beings are responding and acting. And Lord God, help us to to learn from their example, Lord God, what to do and what not to do, Lord. And I praise you that you are always working and that we can trust in you. And when we ask you to move mountains or when we ask you to part waters and you don't, Lord God, we know that you have what's best for us in mind. Lord God, help us to trust you more. Help us to have more faith that you are God and we are not. Lord God, we praise you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 So we have 10, 15 minutes. If anyone has anything they want to share, ask what was interesting, what was confusing, what did I not hit. We have 